This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Canty and Carlin, Burns and Carter. Peter Burns, Drew Carter here on Canty and Carlin. Show is always presented by Progressive Insurance. Last night, the Jags take care of the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 and take care of maybe Zach Wilson's future in that uniform. 19-3, another win for Trevor Lawrence, and Jags now have won three in a row, longest winning streak they've had since 2017. Joining us right now is a college football Hall of Famer, a soon-to-be NFL Hall of Famer and six-time All-Pro Browns offensive tackle Joe Thomas joining the show. Joe, I, I, like, I had so many questions where I want to start, and when I start thinking about like quarterback issues, no offense for a while there, I thought about the Cleveland Browns. And so I'm thinking about like what's it like right now when you see a, a, a team – that kind of struggle to rally around a, a young quarterback and what that does to the mindset and the psyche of, of a franchise. Well, it's painful to watch because I've been in that very situation myself. Um, but really, it's just about performance, right? I mean, as much as we want to talk about what type of a leader they are and things of, of that nature, being a great leader at quarterback is all about going out and playing good football. Then people are going to want to hear what you have to say. But if you're throwing the football to the other team or when guys are running wide open, you're skipping them off the turf. Like guys don't really care what you have to say because it doesn't matter. It's a results business. And unfortunately for Zach Wilson, the results have not been all that good. And to make matters worse at the end of a game, it seems like he doesn't have the confidence to be able to take accountability when he's not playing well. And I think that's the the scariest thing for me. If I'm a, a Jets fan is this guy, probably doesn't have much of a future and he's not going to really show much improvement until he's willing to look himself in the mirror and take some accountability for why he's sitting in the situation that he's in. And Joe, accountability is a huge word for Zach Wilson this season. I remember in the press conference when he was asked point blank, uh, did you guys let the defense down? And he said, no. And that was it. We made a big <laughs> deal of that in the media as someone who's been in the locker room. How big of a deal do you think that was inside the building? Oh, it's a huge deal, right? Because those guys are watching the film. I mean, you're sitting in there as an offense watching the game film together, and the coaches are coaching everybody. And if most of the coaching is, well, the quarterback should have thrown to that guy. Oh, he missed the read here. Oh, he didn't know where the pressure was coming from here. Oh, he finally made the right read, but he can't get the football there. Uh, you know, the guy that, if, if anything else, when you're a rookie quarterback, and somebody comes open, you got to be able to at least hit him accurately with some arm strength because that's something that takes no ability to read the coverage that doesn't take anything that you've learned when you were in the NFL that's just raw ability and talent and when you're not even doing that I think everybody in that room is scratching their head going where does this thing go from here because it seems like the ceiling's a lot lower than we expected 10-time Pro Bowler Joe Thomas joining Peter Burns and Drew Carter here in Canty and Carlin. We're seeing that kind of maturation process quickly with Trevor Lawrence. When you see him, does he have that it factor that we've seen from Joe Burrow, from some of these other young quarterbacks that seem to be the new chapter of the NFL? 
Yeah, he does. And I think one of the cool things last night, and maybe Al Michaels or Kirk Herbstreit, I can't remember which one it was, they, they noted, like, Trevor was having a nice game. He came over to the sideline. All of a sudden, he starts talking to his, his receivers. He's talking to his O-line, and he's getting them fired up. And it's not because he's a big rah-rah guy. Like, he's not a very super vocal quarterback. But as you start playing well, people are going to look up to you for guidance. They're going to respect what you have to say. And then you're going to have more confidence telling them what you want to see from them. You know, it's a communication. It's a two-way street between those guys. But the very first thing you have to have is that quality performance on the field. And we're seeing that from Trevor. You're seeing that now that he's got an adult as a coach that's teaching him the right way to play quarterback. They're giving him a good system to play in. He's learning the answers as he's on the field. And he's going out there and he's seeing and remembering, oh, yeah, that's right. This is what the coach said was going to happen on the field. And it happened. And now I got the answer. Boom. The ball is coming out on time. I'm able to throw it on the money. And now my own confidence in myself is growing. Now I'm able to go over there and fire up the defense if I need to, right? I'm starting to accept that role of leadership that every quarterback has to have if you want to have a great team in the NFL. Talking with Joe Thomas here, one of the best offensive linemen in pro football history, now an analyst with NFL Network. And, Joe, as we look across the landscape in the NFL, really across the country this week, it's a polar vortex, bomb cyclone, whatever the meteorologists are calling it nowadays. It's we've got cold. It's just cold, <laughs> it's man. Cold. You walk outside, you can't <laughs> feel your nose. Frigid football games. I mean, as an offensive lineman, you got to love that, right? But what is the impact of super cold temperatures in some of the games this weekend? So I always love playing in cold and wet and snowy environments because it finally made the defensive lineman as slow as I am, right? Those cold <laughs> muscles, they don't fire quite as fast. The footing may be a little bit more uneasy, so they don't have quite the friction that they usually do to be able to create that power and speed. So I appreciated that, right? They were kind of on my level, and offensive linemen like it too when it gets nasty because you're on the football a little bit more. Passing is obviously more challenging. It's what you get paid to do, but, you know, it's where you also potentially can get exposed if you're getting beat and your quarterback's getting helped up off the ground by the training staff. That's not a good look for you. Um, but I will say there is a limit to how much we like cold weather. And this has gone <laughs> all beyond that limit. I was outside this morning shoveling my driveway and I live in Wisconsin and it was minus 35 wind chill. When I woke up, my <laughs> watch said minus 13 and I'm not kidding you. I was only outside for like seven or 10 minutes and I had to come inside, but I have a heated garage because that's what we do in Wisconsin. I closed the garage door so it was warm. And my fingers were still so cold that I didn't have the dexterity to untie my boots. So I had to actually go in my house and just sit there for like 10 minutes before I could actually untie my boots. So as much as these linemen really appreciate bad weather, this has gone beyond reproach right now. This Mother Nature needs to make a little bit of an apology for what she's doing to these poor guys this weekend. I mean, it's crazy. You know, we got Bills Bears going to be like minus 16 wind chill, and you're talking about that. And you're in, in, and it's almost, I feel bad for the guys that aren't actually even playing in the game because they're probably going to be the coldest. But uh, how, in your days playing, were there ever guys that you had to roll up and be like, bro, we don't do sleeves here? I don't care how cold it is, we don't do sleeves. Like, what's the sleeve etiquette for an NFL locker room? Yeah, so like the, the sleeve code of conduct, it's obviously unwritten, but uh, as linemen, we always said no sleeves. You know, you kind of set that mentality that we're not going to think about the weather that, you know, goes way back from uh, Lombardi's time and probably even before that. But now in hindsight, I'm like, hey, man, if you need sleeves to go out there and play your best, go ahead. I yeah. think if I was in the locker room this weekend, I, I, I would not uh, 
up my nose at poor guys that were trying to throw sleeves on. But if you're going to go out on the field and you're going to shiver and act like you're cold, then we're going to have some problems. You, whatever it takes to get out there and go play fast or as fast as, fast as you possibly can, that's what you got to do. Uh, but if you're going to make cold an excuse why you can't give great effort, then I got a problem with you. Was it like Vaseline or the arm? Like what, what, what were the tricks that you guys did? Yeah, you're right. So it's interesting, you know, in practice, we'd wear sleeves in the games. We wouldn't, um, it really didn't make a big difference because I had a big elbow brace on anyway. So like the amount of skin that was showing whether I was wearing sleeves or not was almost negligible. Um, but what we used to do is we had this like fur that we would put in our helmets and then you just cut like a little hole where your ears were so you could still hear because it was it was pretty thick fur. It was almost like, I don't know, rabbit fur or something like that. <laughs> beaver so pelt? That kinda, yeah, go out and kill one. Yeah, it was like a end. beaver pelt. Yeah, we were shoving beaver in our house. So, um, that would actually probably would have been a good idea. Beaver beaver skin, beaver fur yeah. is like water repellent, so it wouldn't have absorbed your sweat. So it would perfect. Hey, maybe those boys this weekend can get some beaver pelts. Come to my house. I, I've got a beaver pelt hat. But uh, we digress. Um, I think – that was the big thing to keep your head warm. Uh, and then under our uh, jerseys, we would wear like a sleeveless thermal. Um, and actually I didn't like wearing like a big bulky sleeve because it kind of slows your hand movement down and it gives the defensive lineman something to grab and hold on to like little handles. So I would, I would put, you'd put Vaseline on your arms because it would kind of cut the wind a little bit. Um, but then if any of that accidentally got on the defensive lineman's gloves, Made them a little slipperier, a little bit more difficult to grab your own jerseys. Uh, so it was definitely a win-win there. But trying to wear as much thermal gear in your core as possible just to try to stay warm when you're out in the field is key. Now, Joe, when you were talking about not having the dexterity in your fingers to untie your shoes, I relate to that. I grew up in Minnesota. I was actually at the Metrodome go. 2003. Reese Lloyd kicks the field goal for the axe, jumps the bench, and picks up the axe. Oh. You were playing for the Badgers then, right? I was. Not my favorite memory from college. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, uh, Drew. Way to go. <laughs> I just wanted to get that yeah, in there. Just Your lowest in. moment, my, Joe. Yeah, Let's go down into best, that right. Yeah, one of my yeah. best memories. Yeah. I feel all right because we won the next three that's years okay. uh, against yeah. the Gophers, and we maintained the axe for a long time until recent memory. Luke Fickle scares me, man. As a Gophers fan, Luke Fickle scares me. Yeah, he's – I mean, for the last two years in college football, he's been kind of the like the big get that everybody wanted. and He didn't leave Cincinnati. Then all of a sudden – I mean, I, as a Wisconsin fan, we feel like this is a great place. But certainly when you compare to the other opportunities we've had in the last couple of years, you'd say maybe it's equal or maybe those places nationally have a, a bigger uh, – you know, they've got a little bit more bandwidth for possible recruiting and um, boosters and things of that nature. But I think there's a lot of pride that Luke Fickle did pick Wisconsin uh, because of what we can provide, not only just maybe from possible recruiting and and supporting the program standpoint. um, But I think he likes the fact that, you know, you can recruit big, tough people here. You can run the football, you can, recruit defensive and offensive linemen. You, you got a good culture that's been built by Paul Chris with guys that just love football. They lean into the team aspect of things. And so I think for him, he realized it would be easy for him to bring his culture here with maybe some tweaks 
from a schematic standpoint, you know, offensively, the Badgers are going to be a little bit more spread, but they're still going to run the football, and they're still going to believe in big, strong men beating up on other big, strong men. And I think that's what's made Badger fans most excited about the hire is that we're not losing sight of what made Wisconsin a destination and one of the top college football programs in the country to this point. The man, the myth, the legend, Joe Thomas. Christmas story or Christmas vacation? Which one's on, on repeat at the Thomas household? <laughs> You're trying to get me in trouble with the Cleveland fans, I see. Uh, because we're not huge Christmas Story fans, and I know the Christmas Story house is in Cleveland, and everybody oh. in Cleveland loves them. I even have a Christmas Story. I have a leg lamp suit that I wear for Christmas parties. <laughs> for That's delightful. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, for Gile. But I'm, I'm, I'm a Christmas vacation guy all the way. We, we love it. We watch it at least two or three times every year. Uh, Clark Griswold just makes me laugh because as – now I've got four kids. I feel like I'm turning into him every single year. Can't see the lines, can you, Russ? He is uh, Joe Thomas, a 10-time pro bowler <laughs> and soon-to-be pro football Hall of Famer. Thanks, bud. We appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Peter Burns, Drew Carter, in for Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. The panic that people are having right now. You just like I, I went shopping earlier just for last second things, just to get a couple of things for the stockings for the kids and the wifey, and then you just see people like it's just like Lord of the Flies. People just like <laughs> I don't even know what this is. I think my wife will like it. I have no idea. Like just and you could tell the guys like the fear in each other's eyes. Like I don't know. Do you think this is good? I don't know. Right. You're if he's buying it, I should buy it. Like, what is this size a thing? should I get? Is it on Instagram? Size too small. One size yeah. too like, big. Do, how can I rec- uh, return this? Right. No idea. You could follow him on Twitter at Drudel25, myself, at Peter Burns ESPN. Where does that rank? Holly Jolly Christmas, uh, as far as the songs. Are you, well, like, I mean. High, low, mid? First of all, PB, uh, who was singing that song? Do you know? Putting you on the spot. Is it Nat King? No, no. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I that have was no Burl idea. Ives. Burl. Burl. Oh, you know, old Burl. Burl. They, don't make, they don't make first names like Burl anymore, <laughs> right? That was, back, that was back when first names had a little something. Right, right. Like Thurl and Burl and a yeah. bunch Blitch. of Burls. Something yeah. like that. Like, give me, give me a name that would kick your, kick your you-know-what in a bar fight. Like, <laughs> right. Burl, I guarantee yeah. you Burl could throw a haymaker. Absolutely. 
But Burl never would do that because he has too much Christmas cheer. I don't think Burl Ives ever recorded a song not about Christmas. Sure. If, if there's a Burl Ives non-Christmas song out there, call in 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Uh, for me, I mean, that's got to be top 20, Decent. top 25 Christmas renditions because it's Burl Ives. It's a classic. How about for you, Peter? Where does that one rank for you? A zero. They're all a zero. And I don't mean this to be a bah humbug, but you can tell anybody that's ever worked retail in their life. I worked uh, for Edwin Watts Golf Shops back in San Antonio, Texas, and in Corpus Christi. And and once, once Thanksgiving would hit, boom. We'd have Christmas music. So you would come home for, for, from playing college golf, and you would sit there in the golf shop for like 12 hours a day listening to the same 15 Christmas songs, <laughs> and it was just brutal. It was, it was like watching Zach Wilson for the first three quarters of a football game, but for 30 days straight, Drew, for 30 days straight, and you couldn't make a coaching change. Right. Hey, at, at least at least Salah last night says, listen, we're pulling the plug like we can't do it. We're going to go put on some 90s rap and hip hop. We're going to put like some boots, Chris boogie, something. <laughs> that's what Chris Traveler is. Give me some BPM something. Yeah. No, it was it, it was uh, watching Zach in the same old, same old broken record. No pun intended. Hey. Um, but but honestly, I think it now leads to an interesting divisional race. Like this is kind of what I want to see. Um, I mean, ASC East is a little bit different, but I go back and look at the Jags right now, surging. And, and to me, that's the most interesting of the division races that we still have, right? Like, I don't buy the Titans, and now that Tannehill's not going to play this week, I don't know what I'm going to get out of Malik Willis. The Colts are done. Of course, the Texans have been just a dumpster fire. <laughs> Jags right now are playing pretty damn good football, and oh, it's yeah. all because they, they hit on Trevor Lawrence, which we thought was going to be the case. But man, defensively they're playing well. They got some. They got some some targets on the outside between Kirk and Ingram. Like this is a fun team and a fun race to watch down the stretch. Yeah, it's a great race. I think the only thing that kind of throws some cold water on it. Number one, it's only a two horse race at this point. Indy is out. Minnesota killed them, and uh, Houston has been out since before the season even started. And number two, without Tannehill, remains to be seen when he might come back. But Malik Willis, who I was excited about coming into the season. Yeah, uh, he's been brutal in, in his limited action. He's a rookie. It's okay. Maybe next year he'll be a little bit better. I feel like the Jacks have to be the favorite in the South at this point, which would have been nuts a year ago to the day when you know Urban Meyer had been recently fired. I go to the South on the other side, and it's interesting, Peter, how we're talking about <laughs> the two divisions that don't have a team above five hundred yeah. as the most interesting races, but they're really the only two that are still kind of hanging in the balance. And I think this one is fascinating. I mean, you and I are both college football guys. We love college football. A big reason why is there is beauty in the suck, right? I mean, it, we're like sickos for college football. NFL, sick, yeah. NFL sickos love the NFC South. You've got Bucks 6-8, and eight, Saints 5-9, and nine, Falcons 5-9, and nine, Panthers 5-9. and nine. Who is going to emerge from the abyss that is the NFC South? And keep in mind... We've seen this before with a sub-500 division champ make the playoffs. I go back to the beast mode run when Seattle knocked off a team, ironically enough, from the NFC South when the Saints and Drew Brees had a wild card, came in there and lost. Who knows, man? I'm not going to go out and say, hey, you know, you don't want to play the Bucs if they make it in there because of Tom Brady, whatever. But just watching this division race I think is going to be a blast. 
Uh, it is interesting because you, you – because I think all eyes were on Tom Brady at, at age 57 on whether or not he continues to play in the NFL. And then, of course, we saw the tweet from Rob Gronkowski earlier this week. Go, I'm just bored. And it was like the, it was like the most look-at-me tweet in the history oh, of the yeah. world because yet here I am talking about it on national radio right. is the fact of like he's just begging for somebody to pick up the phone and be like, hey, Gronk, you want to come play? Uh, you know what? It could happen. I actually, I would trust Gronk to be more of of an actual contributor down the stretch than I necessarily would think Odell might be for the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm glad Jerry Jones has pretty much ended that. All right, Minshew Mania, Dallas, Texas this weekend. Is it going to happen? We'll talk to a uh, an incredible source, impeccable source who likes holiday music coming up next. Canty and Carlo and Peter Burns and Drew Carter on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? By the way, I know we haven't played it yet, but uh, Christmas in, in Hollis, 35 years old oh. today, I believe that's the case. I think that's and older than Drew Carter. Drew and Carter, Peter Burns. Peter Burns hates that song because it's a Christmas <laughs> song. I, I, I just don't like Christmas songs. I like Christmas in general. Canty and Carlin here uh, on ESPN Radio, played by the uh, the understudies here. Peter Burns and Drew Carter, <laughs> the show always presented by Progressive Insurance. Joining us right now, ESPN football analyst and legend Herm Edwards. All right, Herm, I'm going to ask you about uh, Jacksonville, the big win, what that happens with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets. But let's ask uh, the most important question right now. How how did it work in NFL front offices around Christmas time? Like, did you buy everyone gifts? Like, is it awkward? Is there like a like unwritten rule on who gets gifts and who doesn't get gifts? Well, I think for the most part, um, I know being a, a head coach, uh, generally the head coach's wife gets all the coaching staff a gift uh, for for players that have had or had babies. My wife used to get them gifts as well. Uh, players in the locker room, it's just offensive linemen have their thing going, defensive linemen. You know, offensive are more organized than the defensive guys. Defensive guys aren't organized when it comes to gifts. The offensive guys are always the most organized. You ever do Secret Santa in the locker room? Uh, you know, we've had some of those, yeah. It, it's been kind of funny the way things kind of different teams take on different personalities. Obviously. And obviously if you're winning and you're going into the playoffs, I mean, uh, it's just a lot better. It, it, when it's not happening, there's a lot of Grinches walking around. <laughs> 
Does anybody, like, if they're on the cusp and they want a more playing time, would they ever, did anybody buy you a gift as a head coach? Like, how does that work? Uh, it's always hard to buy the head coach a gift, you know. Uh, it's just funny. Even the coaching staff, they, they buy the wife the gift. That's the smart thing to do. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the, the path of least resistance for sure. I'm, yeah, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just imagining, like, Secret Santa, Eagles locker room, Herm Edwards and Ron Jaworski have each other, and they're giving each <laughs> yeah, other presents. Yeah, well, we, we had a good locker room. We really did. That was a lot of fun back in those days. I mean, it was – we weren't making the type of money these players are making, you know, in today's world, and they deserve every penny of it. But um, we had to put our pennies together. It, uh, right. it still worked out pretty well for him. It worked out really well for Trevor Lawrence. I know everybody wanted to talk about Zach Wilson and his future, but, man, Herm, when you look at Trevor Lawrence and what the Jags are doing right now, how much can you buy that they can make a run, win this division, and, and what can they learn from a playoff run if Trevor's able to get them there? Well, I actually think they're going to win the division when you look at their schedule. Now, this is a tricky game, you know, because I think these guys are going to win this week, Houston, by the way. But they play Houston – um, and then they play at home at Tennessee. So I, I think, uh, you know, the way they're playing right now and the way they played last night was masterful. Uh, when you think about the conditions of the game, they knew uh, that it was going to be a low-scoring game, um, and how you made first downs was going to be a key. You know, people think this was a blowout game. It really wasn't. It was, uh, you know, it was 13-3 to at halftime. The Jets still had a chance. If they scored one, if they, there was only one touchdown score, guys. The whole game. If they would have scored, if Jets would have scored, you know, all of a sudden it, it you know, it, it's 13 to, to 10 going into the third quarter. But, you know, I think the way they made first downs and they were methodical on how they played and really used the tight end for the most part. I mean, the, the Jets' best corner was covering the tight end, right? right? And I think what this team has done, uh, they went out in free agency and, and brought in players uh, and, and really filled uh, this offense with some players that, that uh, the quarterback could use. And, and you've seen him develop here in the last couple of months, because last year, guys, you looked at, at Lawrence, everyone was kind of scratching their head, right? And this guy, is he a bust? What's wrong with him? It goes to show you coaching system has a lot to do with these quarterbacks. And Doug Peterson's a fine coach and obviously played the quarterback position. He's done a remarkable job with this young man. Herm Edwards here on Canty and Carlin talking about the system too. I mean, Zach Wilson, Herm, you say if the Jets scored a touchdown, it would have been a three-point game. Them scoring a touchdown last night would have been like a Christmas miracle with with how (laughs) awful the offense looked. And the way the Jets fans were reacting, it felt like a blowout. I mean, they were booing at halftime. You mentioned this, the system, like, is that partially to blame for Zach Wilson or what went wrong so quickly there? Well, I think the expectations, obviously, when you're drafted that high, and, and, and I think everyone's quick now. Everybody wants to run him off. Like, I do know this. There's going to be a discussion between the head coach, the GM, and the owner. And when the season ends, you're going to have to ask yourself a couple of questions. Is this the guy going forward? Because we have a defense that's a playoff defense, that, that is playoff ready. We built a defense that can survive in this conference because it's a good conference. Look at the quarterbacks you're going to have to play against every year, right? We know the one guy in Buffalo is pretty good. The guy in Miami is pretty good. The Patriot guy, you know, he is what it is. But you got to win your division first. You got to compete in your division. So the question will be is will be this: Do we have a starting quarterback in our locker room right now? And if we don't, then how do we go about doing this? Do we do like the Rams? and go get a veteran guy and put some more pieces around him because we have a playoff defense and do it that way, 
do we look at our quarterback situation that's in the room right now and say, is Zach Wilson the guy? And if he is the guy, is the system conducive to him playing better? Do we need to tweak the system? Because I truly believe this, especially at the quarterback position. You know, systems have a lot to do with the quarterback. And sometimes you fall in love with a system, the coordinator, and it doesn't really allow the quarterback to be successful. They're going to have to look at this. I do know this. Um, Coach Sala came from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're trying to run the San Francisco offense, um, it's a run offense. It's a run offense, right? We know that. It's play action. It's get the ball out quickly. That's the offense. And your defense generally is, is the strength. And if you look at San Francisco, they've got yep. a, their third-string quarterback playing, a rookie, and he's playing pretty well. And just don't make those mistakes. And those are the mistakes that Zach no. Wilson is making and Brock Purdy's not. And that's the reason why 49ers are playing extremely good ball. Don't buy the man a gift. Just uh, follow him on Twitter and tweet <laughs> nice things to him. He's at Herm Edwards right there. Herm, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and your family. And thanks for breaking off a couple minutes for us. All right. You guys have the same. Thank you very much. Uh, the best right there. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. It's Progressive's 10th Keys to Progress giveaway for veterans. This year, their goal is to gift a vehicle to the recipient, small business, or nonprofit in every single state. See more for their annual giveaway at keystoprogress.com. NFL breaking weekend coming up when it comes to records. We'll tell you what that is next. Drew Carter, Peter Burns, Canty and Carlo on ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? I want the Soldier Boy version of <laughs> Drummer Boy. You no. Hey, Soldier Boy, tell him like that was back. That was back before you were born, when people would buy ringtones. I think that Soldier Boy <laughs> made like six million dollars off of like a flip phone back in the day. Hopped about the not bed. Me. Does Soldier Boy go ahead and Google that? Does Soldier Boy have a Christmas album at some point? <laughs> I feel like if you ever get really either big or really desperate, you'll put out the Christmas out a Christmas album. Burl I stole my whole flow. Yeah, could have been. He is Drew Carter. I am Peter Burns. This is Canty and Carlo on ESPN Radio, always presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, it is now time uh, to bring Cam in here for a little respect it or check it. Roll it. Respect it. Or check it. With Canty and Carlin. Respect it or check it with Canty and Carlin with Burns and Carter. So... 
a little Got bit it. more, a little bit of I a respect spin it. on I respect it. it or check. By the it. way, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Okay. All right, let's roll. So we've been talking a lot of Jags Jets. Peter, I'll start with you. Respect it or check it. Zach Wilson will not start another game for the Jets. Uh, it's uh, that's not even fair. I, like I feel bad that I get this one first, Drew, because it's clearly the well, easiest respect. Well, Peter, ever. both of you are oh, going to answer. I'm just going to start with Drew on the next one, so okay. don't feel bad if you're taking it away because Drew's going to get no. Because as well. I'm going to take away all of his points right now because it is <laughs> complete respected. There's no way that you put Zach Wilson. Uh, well, you know what? Maybe back this up. Sure. Why not just hey, play him the rest it. of the year? Why not, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to check it. I'm going to check it. Just throw him out to the wolves and see what how, how he responds. The medal of a man. The medal of a man. Does he show up, Drew Carter? Does he right. show up and completely re-energize and say, for my lowest moment, like a phoenix rising through the ashes, I am Zach Wilson. Moms, beware. We're taking it out. We're going out there. <laughs> We're going to the playoffs. The greatest redemption story since Kurt Warner was bagging groceries. No, I still respect it. He's not playing again. <laughs> I saw mommy kissing Zach Wilson. Is that a new uh, right. Christmas song? Let's move on. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I don't really understand how this game works, guys. I don't know what respect it or check it even means. All right, respect I, it means you agree he will not start another game. Check it means you think he will start another game. How about option three, disrespect it, as in the Jets fans disrespect Zach Wilson for the rest of the season. They put him in witness protection so Firemanette doesn't murder him in cold blood. I will say Zach Wilson does not start a game for the Jets the rest Zach of the season. Zach Wilson sucks. You <laughs> ruined Christmas. Christmas is done. Thank you, Zach. You suck. All right, moving on. Next one. Drew, I'll start with you. Mike McCarthy gets fired if the Cowboys fail to reach the NFC Championship game. Respect it or check it? Check it, dude. Come on. First of all, it's the Christmas season. We're going to talk about another man's job, first of all. And second of all, Jason Garrett went 500. We're just talking about Zach Wilson going to win his <laughs> protection plan. Like, at least we can talk about a coach, much less like a 23-year-old young man trying to make it in the biggest media market. Uh, Zach, Zach Wilson will be fine. He's got moxie. Uh, Mike McCarthy, though, I'm going to check that because Jerry Jones, as out of character as it seems, has been pretty patient with coaches, right? I mean, Jason Garrett went 500 like 20 years in a row mm-hmm. and kept his job. So, the Cowboys are pretty good this year. Even if they don't make the NFC Championship game, I think McCarthy keeps his job, PB. I'm going to say respect it because I don't believe in the Cowboys whatsoever. I think Gardner Minshew and the Eagles take them out coming up the, tomorrow night. And, and, again, I believe that we'll look at this and go, what, is, what are we doing here? What are we spinning the wheels on for this organization? There's a reason why Sean Payton hasn't taken a job. There's a reason why Sean Payton, and even like earlier this year, Sean Payton, um, who's doing some um, some television, had said this was the first time. I think it was like week two or three. He's like, it's the first time it's kind of eaten at me that mm. the game is passing me by, that I'm not, that I'm no longer a part of that. You can go to the Dallas Cowboys right there. You can't tell me that he wouldn't have Jerry Jones's ear. Jerry Jones loves to be a big headline right now. The only problem is, is Sean Payton would want complete control of that. I'm not quite sure if in his waning years Jerry Jones wants to uh, relinquish any control. Now, here's a question. If they fire Mike McCarthy, would he go to NBC and creepily smile at the camera for every <laughs> halftime tease? <laughs> that Jason that Garrett thing has become a deal. Like, oh, yeah. It's like must-see like television. Like, it's like a wax museum thing. <laughs> it's impressive. 
All right. Uh, I don't get a vote here. I would. Were you say ready re- for this? Uh, were you you weren't ready for this. You were ready for just normal sports talk, and me and Drew just completely just. Nah, man, I'm enjoying the ride. Okay. Uh, I don't get a vote here. I would say respect it uh, to push back on Drew only because Jerry Jones is now 80 years old. The clock might be moving a little faster on how f- quickly he wants to win his next championship. So moving on, we mentioned some records could be broken this season. Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, respectively, respect. At 1,529 yards and 16.23 for Jefferson. Three games left. Megatron has the single season record with 1,964. Peter, respect it or check it, they will both break that single season record. Yeah, I respect it, but also I'm checking it because we're talking 17 games versus 16, right? It's like when the home run record went from 162 games in Major League Baseball from 156, right? I mean, like, it's like, are we going to continue to compare them that way? Yes, you will get it because both Hill and and Jefferson need to be a part of that. They're going to be throwing the ball late into the season. I think they get it. But to me, it's still it's still going to be Calvin's uh, record back in the day because 16 16 game seasons were the goat. Can we get a ruling? Is he allowed to take both? Respect it yes. and check it. I don't know. I don't yes. know if I'm our both are sides. Very bipartisanship. To be fair, the... you selected a third option on the first question, so I think the rules are uh, out the right. window mm. at this point. Our, our friends at FanDuel are up in arms listening to this segment. First, Canty and Carlin aren't here, and then we're breaking the rules left and right. Um, I'm uh, I'm actually going to uh, go for a third option again. I will half <laughs> half respect it, half check it. You no did exactly what Peter kill. did. Rest no check. No for checking Ty- it. <laughs> checking it. No for Tyreek Hill. Number one, he's got a bit of an ankle injury, and number two, he's farther away. I think further away is the correct grammatical usage there. Uh, further mm. away from the record than Jefferson is. Jefferson is a yes. He gets to two thousand yards. I'll respect that. All right, last one. Deion Sanders taking over at Colorado. Drew, Colorado football will play in a bowl game in twenty twenty three. Respect or check it. Bowl game. Bowl game. How about respect this? They're in the playoff the first year it goes to 12 teams. You like that, PB? Respect it. Um, Well, next year, no. So that's, you're saying playoffs. Yeah, that's two two years from now. I'm talking bowl game next year. I know. Dude, I don't care about bowl game next year. I'm thinking. And you clearly don't care about the rules of this game. Unbelievable. The disrespect here, of the disrespect of the respect it and check it, Drew. It's out of control. Uh, I'm going to say I respect that they will play in a bowl game. I think it might be the Boise um, Idaho Bowl or something like that. I mean, can you get to six wins? We just saw Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley take USC out to the college football playoffs. So, yeah, I think that can happen. I think it could happen. I'm kind of pulling for it. It's a good storyline. Like, I, the more you realize, the more we love college football because of the storylines, not necessarily the football that's being played. Speaking of bowl games and the storylines, we got you covered ESPN Radio. Tune in tomorrow night. Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. Please take us there right here, right now. Coverage begins <laughs> 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Jet fans, I want to hear from you. 888-SAY-ESPN. Now is your time. The Festivus, the airing of grievances. Jets fans, bring it. 888-729-3776. Peter Burns, Drew Carter, Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio.
Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.